Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Before we get rolling, a reminder that wherever you get the show from, please take a minute to rate or review us. Even let us know what we can do better. I would love to hear from you. On today's game day show, our guest will be beat writer Austin Meek from The Athletic Detroit. He'll be with us in just a moment. First, my view from Section 17 to get us going today. The bye week is over, or as Jim likes to call it, improvement week. I am certain ball security and cutting down on silly penalties were a major point of emphasis by the staff over the last week. We need to clean it up to give ourselves a chance on Saturday. A few weeks ago, it was thought Wisconsin might be a good test for us. It now looks like they will be a very good test. The Badgers are, as always, very well coached and have, in my opinion and many others, the best back in the country, Jonathan Taylor. They have also been surprisingly good throwing the ball with junior quarterback Jack Cohn, especially downfield. As of right now, I'm not sure what we're going to see on Saturday. Both teams have plenty to prove, though. Is Wisconsin as good as many believe they are? Is this the game Michigan's offense starts to show us what speed and space is? Can our defense stand up to Wisconsin's big offensive line? I don't know, but we're going to get answers to many of those questions in Madison on Saturday. My guest today thinks it's far too early to press the panic button. That said, he thinks Saturday will be a good barometer game for both teams. Austin Meek from The Athletic Detroit joins us next on this week's game day show here on The Michigan Man in partnership with our friends at SB Nation's Maze and Brew.
Here with us on our game day segment this week as we look ahead to a trip to Madison is Austin Meek from The Athletic Detroit. Once again, great to have you with us, Austin. Yeah, thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. As I was mentioning before we started taping, you're doing such a great job uh, at The Athletic Detroit. Of course, you've only been here about a month, and I always like to uh, ask someone new on the Michigan beat. I know you were covering Oregon last year, but what are your early impressions of just being around this Michigan program? I think my first impression is that there certainly is never a dull moment, uh, which, which I expected. Uh, and, you know, that that's part of uh, the appeal, I think, of covering a program like Michigan is it's high stakes every week and high expectations. And that's certainly uh, proved true so far. Uh, I, this is a, you know, a fascinating team. Uh, and I, I don't think uh, through two games we necessarily have a great handle on uh, what, what the identity of this team is going to be. Uh, but a lot of possibilities, and I think we'll find out a lot more this week for sure. Well, you wrote last week, and it has been a hot topic since the Army game, I guess in reality since Josh Gaddis was hired, the Michigan offense. What would it look like? To say the least, not clicking yet, is it? No. we. I think we've gotten some clues as to what Michigan would like to be offensively, but you're right, we haven't seen that all come together yet uh, in any kind of consistent way. Uh, and there's, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. Uh, injuries are a part of that. Uh, you know, there's maybe some luck involved with some of the fumbles and the turnovers, but certainly in terms of you know, just the execution of what Josh Gaddis wants to do, um, we haven't seen that yet on a consistent basis. Um, you know, I, I think, and I think one thing that's become clear is that uh, Michigan needs to, needs to find that, needs to find it pretty fast because they were able to to get by and win that Army game without playing great offensively. Uh, but it's it's pretty apparent with the schedule they have left, uh, if, if this is going to be the kind of season that, that Michigan wants it to be, they need to get that offense sorted out and, and need to do it pretty quickly. Well, I know, and this irritates Michigan fans, but Urban Meyer has been saying for weeks that, hey, you make a change this big, it can take five or six games in his experience to get things clicking, to get teams or get players comfortable. But as you just alluded to, with this schedule, that could be an issue. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, it's 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 hard to make comparisons because every situation is different. I think part of what has been hard for Michigan fans is you look at some other schools that have made similar transitions, and and it doesn't seem like it's taken them that long. Uh, you know, a school like LSU, which is doing something really similar uh, in terms of modernizing its offense, LSU uh, has has put up some big offensive numbers through a couple weeks. You know, Maryland, uh, first two weeks, Maryland's offense looked pretty unstoppable. This last week against Temple, they had a little bit of trouble. So it's, it's so early, uh, it's, it's hard to draw a lot of conclusions, and I think the overall point is correct, that when you, when you make a change of this magnitude, it doesn't just click from day one. Uh, it takes some time for everybody to get comfortable with, with what you're doing, and you need to do it uh, in, in game action sometimes before guys really start to settle into it. So, you know, it won't surprise me at all if this Michigan offense continues to improve throughout the season. And if this is a better offensive team at the end of the season than it is right now, and it's just a matter of how quickly can they go through that process uh, and can they do it quickly enough to beat some of these teams coming up, including starting with Wisconsin. And I know, you know, I've been around the program a long time. 
and you can sense the frustration in the fan base. I know since you've been here in August, you can feel it. The anticipation for this new offense, the fans are, are have watched the first two games and said, what? This is it? As I said, you've been here a month, but to me, this frustration is something that's been building for 10 years since Lloyd Carr left, people waiting and waiting and waiting. And in reality, yes, it is going to take time, but boy, the fan base is just on the edge of their seat. They want it to work now, and that makes it really, really difficult for Coach Harbaugh and his staff. And I think you know the, the whole idea when Josh Gaddis arrived uh, was that this was maybe the final piece that was going to push Michigan over the top because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this program had been so close. Um, you know, They won 10 games three out of the last four years, but just in, in the biggest games, uh, you know, the Ohio State games and a couple others, um, it, you could tell that they just needed a little, a little more of something. And the thought was that this offense with Josh Gaddis was going to be that thing, and, and maybe it will be. You know, we haven't, we haven't yet seen Michigan play one of those games, and I think you know, this, this weekend's game against Wisconsin is, is pretty close to that. Uh, so we'll find out. That still could be the case that you know, in, in the biggest games that this offense is the thing that Michigan needs to be able to come out on the winning side of those. But obviously there's some work that needs to happen before then. Well, over on the other side of the ball, there are concerns with the defense, especially the depth in the trenches. It really hasn't been tested yet. It will be this weekend. But overall, through the first two games, I think the defense is the least of our problems. Yeah, absolutely. I think you have to feel good about what you've seen defensively and Maybe that gets lost a little bit in some of the struggles of the offense, but uh, defense, if you look at some of the advanced metrics, uh, Michigan's defense is right where it was last year, number one. Uh, and that's really encouraging considering you know the, the players that they lost from that defense and, and some of the new guys they've had to plug in. And you mentioned some of the questions about depth uh, on the defensive line. It, it, it hasn't been tested certainly in the way that a team like Wisconsin is going to going to test it uh, with a running back like Jonathan Taylor. Um, but, you know, the two teams that Michigan has played, Middle Tennessee and Army, they both did some things offensively that require you to be on point. And so far, Michigan has handled those things really well. They're going to get a tougher test this week. Well, it's your first year around Jim Harbaugh to sort of observe him uh, during the week when you get a chance at pressers and then, you know, after games. He's an interesting guy. He's uh, sort of all over the place sometimes. But because, at least publicly, though, he seems very upbeat about this team, very relaxed about it right now, doesn't he? He does, and that's been a pretty consistent theme uh, going back to the offseason uh, when Michigan was, was picked to win the Big Ten. Jim Harbaugh was, was pretty confident that that's where he would have picked Michigan. Uh, there's probably some people who are maybe hedging on that a little bit <laughs> after what we've seen the first couple of weeks from Michigan and from some other teams, including a team like Wisconsin that right now looks like they were pretty underrated uh, in the preseason. But, you know, I, I think, I think from the coach's perspective, you don't, you don't panic just because you had a couple games where everything wasn't perfect or, Maybe the score was closer than people expected. Um, that's part of the process. And you know, we see every year teams are not the same at the end of the season uh, as they are after week two or week three. So there's certainly room uh, for teams to get better throughout the course of the season. And that's why you don't panic if you have a game like that Army game that, you know, it was tooth and nail. Michigan didn't play well offensively. 
but the good news is they're 2-0, and uh, and everything that they want to accomplish is still on the table. With us here on our game day segment as we get ready for a big trip to Madison on the weekend is Austin Meek from the Athletic Detroit. Well, Austin, this will be the first real test for the defense, especially that defensive line that so many fans are worried about. And we will not see a better running back than Jonathan Taylor. I don't think there's any question about that. So containing him is job number one, however you have to do it, isn't it? It is. Uh, he's really the guy that makes Wisconsin go. We, With the athletic, we uh, do our straw poll, uh, Heisman uh, straw poll throughout the season. And uh, when I was putting mine together this week, I had Jonathan Taylor on there because I think he's that good. Um, you know, he... We know what he can do in the running game. He's also really worked this year to uh, to add in a dimension in, in the passing game uh, to be more of a receiving threat. So there's really nothing that this guy can't do. Uh, and it's going to be a totally different challenge than, than anything Michigan has seen so far this year. The first two teams Michigan faced uh, a little bit undersized up front, uh, not so much the power running game that they're going to see against Wisconsin. Um, so... Now, this is really where Michigan's depth and, and size on the defensive line are going to be tested because we know that Wisconsin throws those big bodies out there on the offensive line. Now, they have some new pieces on the offensive line. Uh, that group is a little bit untested, but the guy carrying the ball, we know exactly who he is and what he can do, and uh, that's got to scare you if, if you're Michigan. Well, Austin, uh, junior quarterback Jack Cohn uh, is the new guy under center, took over for Alex Hornibrook and uh, was considered a game manager type by even the Badger faithful coming into the season. But he has looked like much more than that in the first two games, hasn't he? He certainly has played well uh, uh, in, in the game against Central Michigan. Uh, really showed at least the potential to be I think more of a dynamic player than a lot of people gave him credit for. Uh, I, you know, it certainly remains to be seen what what he will do the first time he faces a defense like Michigan, because you know, in the same way that, that Michigan hasn't been tested, uh, Wisconsin has not been tested by a defense that is going to throw everything at him like Michigan's will. Uh, so I think that if if you're Michigan. That is an opportunity for sure. You feel like you've got a new starting quarterback there uh, who has yet to face the kind of pressure that Michigan can put on him. And I think that's going to be a big part of Michigan's plan is let's try to rattle this guy. Let's throw some things at him that he hasn't seen yet uh, and, and see how he responds. Well, as we said, Michigan fans are worried about that defensive line depth. Uh, seems like a lot of analysts are too. I guess the question is this week, and you've alluded to this, can it stand up to this big Badger offensive line? Sure, they have four new starters up front, but uh, they've actually been playing quite a bit over the last few years. So these guys, it's not their third game. They've got experience. But still, you have to believe in a game of this magnitude, it's going to swing in the trenches, isn't it? It tends to be the case, for sure, uh, against against a team like Wisconsin, that that's where it starts. Uh, and Don Brown, when we talked to Don Brown, he was very confident that this defensive line was going to stand up to Wisconsin's offensive line. Uh, you know, Carlo Kemp has played really well so far this year and was really a key in that Army game. Uh, but they're going to need all of those guys, you know, some guys that have been hurt, uh, guys like Mike Dornfor and Donovan Jeter. Uh, they're going to need those guys to be healthy and taking up some space in there. And it's an all-hands-on-deck type of situation, I think, for this defensive line. 
because they're going to, you know, they're going to get worn out. That's how Wisconsin plays. That's what they want to do. They want to run right at you and uh, try to wear you down. So uh, Michigan's going to need every everybody they can throw in there to try to keep this running game in check. Well, two games is a very small sample size, but right now, from what we've seen, and yes, uh, Wisconsin has not played two really good teams, but. It certainly looks, uh, after what we've seen the last uh, couple of weekends, they probably are the best team in the West right now, aren't they? I would say so. Uh, Nebraska was a team in the preseason that a lot of people were really high on, and obviously Nebraska's maybe not quite uh, where people thought they were going to be so far in in year two under Scott Frost. So, uh, yeah, Wisconsin really has uh, established itself through two games as the team, uh, the team to beat in that division, a lot of things can change. But uh, I think maybe what we've seen is, uh, you know, Wisconsin last year expectations were so high for that team, they didn't quite live up to that, and maybe that caused people uh, to underestimate Wisconsin a little bit going into this season. Uh, but this is looking a lot more like the Wisconsin team we thought we'd see last year. You know, yeah, and yeah. maybe what we're realizing is last year was a little bit of a blip. Um, but this team is, you know, is about where we thought thought they'd be coming off of that season they had two years ago. So uh, it's certainly a team you got to take seriously, and won't be surprised at all if that's the team that ends up uh, in Indianapolis in the Big Ten championship game. Well, offensive growing pains or not, uh, a win on Saturday in Madison, however Michigan can get it, really could change the trajectory for the season, not only for uh, the Michigan football team, but for the fans who just seem to be really antsy right now and. At least early, this is a huge game, isn't it, Austin? Yeah, I think you're right in terms of what what this game could do for the trajectory of the season. Uh, you know, we're operating on such limited information right now. You know, we've only seen Michigan yeah. play two games, and you just you don't know what a team is going to be after two games. But once you you know once you get to this point where you've gotten through you know they'll be a quarter of the way now through the uh, through the regular season after they play Wisconsin they'll have played a, a good team on the road I just think we're going to find out a lot more about what Michigan is coming off this game and if you win this game I think a lot of the hand wringing that that we've seen early in the season goes away because you look at it on paper this is one of the toughest teams toughest games Michigan's going to play all season a lot of Michigan's tough games are at home uh, and this is one of the tough road games that they have to play it's really Wisconsin and Penn State uh, are the two road games that really stick out to you so all of a sudden if Michigan wins this game and is 3-0 and you're looking at now uh, some of the biggest games are going to be at the big house and that's that's obviously a good situation for Michigan. So it really does, I think, change the conversation a little bit if Michigan can go into Madison and get a win. And that will be no easy feat as uh, we have not won there since 2001. And I know a lot of fans were telling me last week, hey, at least it's not a night game or a 3.30 p.m. kickoff. But, hey, I'm an old-timer, and as long as I've been around, I don't think it matters if they kick at 11 Central or 2.30 Central or an evening game. I don't know if you've been to Madison yet, but it is an incredibly tough place to win. I have never been there. I've certainly uh, seen it on TV, and it's one of the places that I was really excited to visit when I saw the schedule. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing my first game there. But uh, I I completely uh, believe what you're saying that that is not an easy place to play. And every time I've ever 
uh, watched the team go in there, it, it always looked like it was one of the toughest places. Uh, and I'm sure that they're going to be uh, they're going to be loud there, and whatever time of day it is, they're uh, they're going to be ready. And Michigan's got to be ready too. No, absolutely, uh, that is a fact. Well, a final question for you, Austin, before we let you get away. Uh, interesting week uh, in Big Ten play. It was so, it's sort of nice to have a bye week and be able to sit back and watch other teams play. But you saw Maryland get beat by Temple. Big surprise to me. Uh, Penn State won a tight one at Pitt. Most of the time, Penn State and Pitt do play tight games. Illinois loses to Eastern Michigan, which, you know, of course, in Ypsilanti they're thrilled about, and I'm happy for Eastern, too. The Spartans just absolutely gave one away to uh, Arizona State. But Ohio State just steamrolled Indiana. And, and right now it looks like Ohio State and everyone else in the Big Ten, doesn't it? It looks that way to me, uh, certainly through three weeks. And, and all of that can change. But I think, I think we saw a couple teams, and you mentioned Maryland, uh, a couple teams come back to earth a little bit after really hot starts. Um, you know, and I would put Penn State in that category, too. They, they had a dogfight against Pitt. So... You know some of the some of the overreactions that we had after two weeks maybe have started to uh, to, to come and check a little bit, but Ohio State is the team that has has been a constant through these first three weeks. Um, you know there just don't appear to be many weaknesses with Ohio State, and I think a lot of the conversation in the preseason was would there be growing pains or a transition period with Ryan Day. Uh, doesn't look that way right now. Maybe that'll happen eventually, uh, but we haven't seen it through three weeks. Uh, that looks like the same Ohio State team we've seen, or maybe even a, you know, a step above what we've seen, which is a, a pretty scary thing for the rest of the Big Ten. Indeed it is. Well, we've got a long way to go. It's only week three for Michigan. Uh, we're, we're just getting cranked up, so we shall see. Our guest here on the show today on our game day segment as we get ready for a trip to Madison has been Austin Meek from the Athletic Detroit. A pleasure to have you with us, Austin, and we look forward to uh, getting you back on in a couple of weeks. All right, anytime. Thank you, Mike. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Quick hits today, Jim had very little to say at his Monday presser. His answers were short and to the point. He basically said Wisconsin is well-coached, they are a good team, and it's hard to win in Madison. He was asked if Donovan Peoples-Jones and John Runyon Jr. would be back in the lineup, and he said didn't know, we'll see. He did say Shea Patterson should be 100% and not sure about True Wilson either. As we mentioned at the top of the show, wherever you get the program from, iTunes, Google Play, etc., etc., please take a minute to rate or comment on us, and we thank you in advance for doing that. Also, if you have any suggestions for what you'd like to hear on the show or anything we could do differently, please drop me an email at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. Love to hear from you. 
On Thursday's Visitor's Edition, my guest will be Badger Radio play-by-play voice Matt LePay. We'll also have some game day facts for you and any injury news that might surface between now and Thursday. Later in the week, we might even have a Michigan Man Extra for you. I've been chatting with the guys at BadgersBlitz.com, which is an excellent site covering Wisconsin football. So if we tape something, I will give you a heads up on Facebook and Twitter later this week when we publish. That will do it for right now, though. Thanks again to beat writer Austin Meek from The Athletic Detroit for being my guest. Don't forget to come back on Thursday. And Wisconsin radio play-by-play voice Matt LePay joins us with his thoughts on this week's big matchup in Madison. Until then, have a great Wolverine week, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until we meet again, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!